Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I'm here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan, how are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm good. So surprise, everyone. We like to surprise you (laughs) by popping into your feed unexpectedly. Um, Today is a Wednesday when we don't normally drop an episode, but we're really excited to be bringing you a three-part series on kind of digital spring cleaning this week. This feels like good topic, good timing. I desperately need this. And what do we call it if you've literally never, it's not even cleaning. It's like, it's my, my digital life is kind of like just a garbage heap. Yeah. So it's not exactly cleaning as it is spreading everything. I'm just like picturing like a, a bulldozer <laughs> going over, just spreading out all the junk and then me like picking through it and making piles. This is helping my brain um, figure this out because like right now my digital organization is nil. I need you, Sarah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun where I sort of play the one who maybe thinks about these things more and maybe you, you don't have to totally overhaul your style, but maybe you'll pick up a few tips along the way. So, you know, right now in our world, a couple of things are happening. One, we're inside and some of us feel a little antsy and in need of projects or, Just have that energy that needs to be channeled somewhere. I know even before we were recording, we were just talking about this, like uh, walking around, not sure what to do with yourself feeling, right? Right. So there's that. And then also a big thing is that kids are starting to do remote learning from home, which I have found in my family is really changing the way we use our various devices. And um, if you've got, you know, an old laptop or an old tablet that's overfilled with storage or it's tied to somebody mm. else's iCloud, like this just might be a time to um, revive some of those older devices or older accounts um, that you haven't been using or that need a cleanup because we are going to, you know, be in this situation for a while longer and we need our tech to work for us. And I don't know about you, but 
tech frustration is like a cumulative thing. It's like that mm-hmm. dripping water faucet where if every time you try to log on, you can't remember your password or you're getting yep. storage. Death by a thousand cuts. Yes, yes. death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> like this is too full. Storage is too full. Please remove some files. And you're like, ah, oh, but I just wanted to play an audio. And you just for my take kids. out just enough to get the thing working again that you want to work. I do that all the time. Yes. (laughs) So yeah. So I think it's timely for a lot of those reasons. Um, and it's just satisfying in the same way. I I like digital organization probably better than I like real life, like with my physical space organization. Um, I just, it's something I, it it makes, it's very satisfying to me. So I'm excited about this and the way this will work is we have three episodes today, tomorrow, and Friday. We're going to talk about, uh, photos and photo organization today, always a hot topic. Um, and then we're going to talk about email and inbox management and then files and folders and general storage on Friday. And each episode will be shorter than a normal one, 25 minutes or so, and they'll all kind of string together. So we're excited about that. We are excited. And I know right now, like in my house, we have so many different devices, um, and accounts. And what's really tricky is that some of the devices are belong to one person. So like some of them are school owned, some of them belong just to that kid. And then some of them are shared. Mm -hmm. And I feel like right now it's like we're hitting some kind of DEFCON 5 situation Mm -hmm. where everybody wants to be like, everybody wants to stream something or everybody, there's things we do together and there's things we do separately. And it's just creating, um, the digital clutter is adding up because I'm more of a physical person. I love decluttering my physical space, but mm-hmm. right now that digital clutter is starting to like spill over into my physical life yeah, um, to some degree. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to dig in. And don't you think it has, the clutter has some of the same effect in that you can't find what you need, yep. um, which is, that's true of physical clutter and digital clutter. Um, and that death by a thousand cuts feeling of being constantly limited by the, the lack of organization or the, or the overflow that's happening. So I think it can have a lot of the same psychological effects, whether it's digital or physical. So probably a lot of the same tips and takeaways as well. What's funny for me is I think you can tell if you were in my house, you'd be able to tell by looking around how I feel about digital clutter because (laughs) things are very neat and, um, tidy usually when they relate to a physical thing that in my life, like my kitchen is usually kept up pretty well. But right now I'm looking at my boat, my modem and like all the plugs that go mm-hmm. into the television. And they're literally just like laying on the floor under a pile of cords. And then the printer is not really plugged in most of the time. And it's kind of like it's dusty. It's almost like my digital stuff. I just don't even look at it. Like I don't mm-hmm. give it the um, even though it is such a big thing in our lives. It's almost like my disregard for the digital clutter even spills over into how I take care of my devices, yeah. which is really weird. And probably need therapy well, for that. But. I think um, Marie Kondo <laughs> would say that these things do kind of have like an energy hold over us. And depending on how woo woo you want to get, but you know, like we all avoid the sight of things that we feel um, like we're not dealing with. Right. And that's yes. true, like psychologically, physically. So I think it makes total sense that if you kind of avoid dealing with digital clutter, you, your eyes would also gaze away <laughs> from the pile <laughs> of cords. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, before we get into all of that, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor for today's episode. So, Sarah, since we're talking about digital organization, can we also take a minute to talk about digital protection? I know I'm guilty of being a little lackadaisical about my online security sometimes because I just use my phone for so many different kinds of searching. Oh, my gosh, I totally know what you mean. And it's partly because so much of what we do online just seems so benign, right? Like, 
we use our phones to search for a picture of a cute cat to amuse our kid. And then the next thing you know, we're putting in our credit card information right in the same browser. Yeah. And it turns out everything you do online can be tracked by cyber criminals who would love to steal your information for all their nefarious purposes. <laughs> and that's why we want to tell you about our sponsor, Privacy Guard. Privacy Guard knows that your privacy is personal, so they not only offer a secure browser that protects you against key logging and phishing scams that target passwords, account numbers, and other sensitive information, but also a secure keyboard encrypts keystrokes to protect your information so that it's harder for potential hackers to read what you're typing. That means you can surf, share, shop, and bank with more confidence on mobile devices and tablets. This is really cool because Privacy Guard members can access that secure browser and keyboard technology by downloading the Privacy Guard Digital Protection Suite. Privacy Guard offers three plans starting at just $9.99 per month, and you can try it for 14 days for just $1. All of Privacy Guard's plans offer the Digital Protection Suite, and they make it really easy to get started. Just go to privacyguard.com today to learn more. Again, it's privacyguard.com today. All right, we are going to dive into spring cleaning your digital life when it comes to all of those many, many photos. And Megan, I want to set the tone here because people listening might think that I am a perfectionist about this or, you know, subscribe to one perfect system. I actually don't. I, I think I'm middle of the road when it comes to photo organization. But I want to say this. I think you'll feel better by making even incremental improvements. Mm. So if you feel daunted by like just you know, getting to that perfect place with any of these digital tips we're going to offer, I would suggest you take that expectation down a notch. And just like cleaning out a closet or a pantry, you know, any little bit feels better than where you were before. And often it's the motivation to keep going or keep up those good habits. So this is not about perfection. Okay, good to know, because I am about as far from perfect <laughs> as you can get. And so I'm going to let you be my like, semi so you're going to be my realistic digital Sherpa. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. okay perfect. All right. Well, let's talk about backing up photos. So now we take most of our photos on our smartphones um, and there are a lot of options, but I would say there are two or three very common or popular options for making sure that the photos you take on your phone are backing up somewhere in a cloud. You're going to hear the word cloud a lot the next three days. Um, and so I think the big ones are iCloud, which is part of Apple's suite of services Google Photos, and then Amazon has some great um, Amazon. It's Amazon's web server, and I can't remember mm -hmm. the name of their like their photo backup. Um, I would say pick one and stick with it, and learn learn how it works would be my first tip here. So, Megan, are you doing anything in the way of photo backups? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> so, my photo backing up has usually been when I'm forced to. So, like when my phone tells me you can't do anything more again until you get some stuff off your device. Right. Okay. And so because I have an iPhone, it's always wanting me to do iCloud. Okay. And I do have Google photos set up, but I don't think it's automatically syncing anymore. I don't know why it did for a long time and then it stopped and I never bothered to do anything about it. And then on my computer, I use Google photos. So it's very disjointed. Like I have photos. I honestly don't even know where half of my stuff is. And I really like Google photos. I think it's like the best of the best. And so when I've used it consistently. Like when I was married to someone who made me, mm -hmm. um, I loved the way it worked. Mm -hmm. And at some point the wheels fell off the bus and I didn't stop the bus to put the wheels back on. I just kept driving the bus and I've been going gunk, 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 okay. the whole time. Well, so I'm that's where I'm at you. now. And I'm a little, I'm a little scared of how to even start. Okay. So I also love Google photos. So let's just talk about Google photos for now. Cause you're familiar with it and it's my preferred method. And you brought up one of the key pain points, which is 
something is happening on your computer that's different that's happening on your phone, which I would argue kind of defeats the whole purpose of a cloud of cloud based anything of any sort. Right. right? So (laughs) um, Google Photos, I believe, on the mobile app has a setting that says back it up all the time in the background or back it up just when I open the app. And I think either way is fine. Um, I know Brian's is like yours. It doesn't do it unless he opens the app. So I would try just opening the Google Photos app on your phone. And if it starts syncing and a little wheel is turning and telling you it's backing up like 11,000 items, just leave it running. Pick a time when your phone's plugged in and charged. And honestly, that should take care of any of the photos that are on your phone. Um, Hey, wait a second. So I just want everyone to who's holding their phone right now, (laughs) listening to this to open there, pick up your phone. If you're a Google Photos person, because otherwise you might think, yeah, I'm going to do that and you're not going to do it. But I'm looking at my photos right now. And yeah, this picture I took of my cat this morning is totally on my phone. So it's going onto Google Photos from my phone. So you don't. But then it's not coming off of my phone. So I think I'm double backing up maybe. So you probably are. You don't need iCloud Photos if you are using Google Photos. And now here's, there's, I have nothing against iCloud, but what I do where I have had problems is trying to use both. So I would say if you feel like you're a Google person or an Amazon person, pick your system and stick with it. And then the tricky thing about having Mac and Apple devices is that it always is going to want you to use iCloud. And I very politely tell every phone and toggle every place I need to toggle. (laughs) I don't use iCloud. I don't use it for file and folder backup. I don't use it for anything. I think the only iCloud service that I keep on is find my phone or find my, like if it were, if it were lost, I guess that's like technically follows, falls under iCloud. But so disabling one in service of the other will keep things simple. And then Google photos, it will sometimes prompt you. It will say you could now delete 5,000 pictures from your phone if you would like, and you can accept that and it'll do it for you. Um, but it's it sort of does that periodically. But once they're in Google Photos, you can delete them from your phone, whether you do it through the Google okay. Photos app or just go through and delete a whole bunch. Um, okay, so let me let me ask you about something yeah. here. Two things actually that come to mind. I am paying right now, not very much, like two dollars a month or something for both iCloud and Google. So I could probably kill the iCloud um, subscription. But then what will happen to the stuff that's in there? Um, you would probably need to go see what's in there. My understanding of iCloud. Where is it? Um, so you would want one of your iOS devices. Where is iCloud? <laughs> you would want one of your iOS devices. Um, yes. and you would go into settings and go into iCloud and iCloud backup settings and you would just see what it's backing up. So here's the okay. thing I don't want to get too far off track here, but iCloud felt very useful, uh, five years ago when our devices had a lot less storage And it was Mm -hmm. very important for people when they got a new device, say, to have everything transferred over to that new device exactly the same as it was. Because not everyone was using cloud-based systems as regularly. Like for you and I at work, everything is in Google Drive. Or maybe for some people it's in Dropbox or it's, you know, it's somewhere. But when that wasn't the case, I think iCloud was, you know, a real good safety net for people. They could take their device in and say, I want this new iPad to look and function exactly like my old one. And they would literally just pull everything over device to device, hard copy to hard copy. To me, that doesn't feel necessary anymore. And um, everybody's different, but that's why I opt out of most okay. of iCloud. So, okay. Um, one more question for you. Cause yeah. I think if I was better about deleting videos and photos as at, like on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, my phone would never even get overwhelmed. Like it would, that's the thing. On my phone, it's not like I'm saving like files to my phone. Right. I'm yes. using my phone 
almost it's like an email device, a texting device and, and like photos. a photo and photos. So if I was better about that, then I think that would solve that need. Um, so then my question for you is this, you know, you know me, Sarah, I take a lot of random weird photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always think to go back and delete them that same day. So then those random weird photos are now living in two different places. So if I were to then go through and delete them off my phone, they don't disappear from Google Drive, I'm assuming. Correct. And this is this was going to be, let's just dive into this because this okay, is yeah. a huge tip. Um, and we'll use the Google Photos example. Um, but you could look this up for your other storage uh, systems. Um, you would want to delete that from Google Photos. And here's what I do. I am just in the habit of opening my Google Photos, I don't know, every two or three days when I'm bored and I go through and I delete screenshots and things that they have so many pictures on there that I'm never going to want to see again. Um, and I do it regularly. So if you hadn't been doing it regularly, you, like you said, you'd end up with a huge amount of, um, especially if they're larger, uh, they're in Google drive and you don't need them taking up Google photos storage. Now here's the thing. Google, Google photos offers a ton of free storage. I believe what you're paying for for Google actually doesn't count photos. They keep it pretty separate. It's drive. Um, oh yeah. So when we get right. into on Friday, when we talk about files and folders, but Google photos, um, you would have to work really hard to run out of cloud storage there, but it, you still don't want to have a bunch of junk that you don't need. No. So I open it up every few days and get rid of stuff. It's very satisfying to me, but I do have a tip. If you are behind in that, um, one thing I've done in the past is, um, Looking at the photos taken on this day. So we're recording this on March 20 something, right? So if you type in Google Photos has such good search. So you open up your Google Photos, you type in today's date, March 22nd, say, and it will show you all the photos ever taken on a March 22nd that are in there, which first of all is entertaining because it's like your own version of time hop. But then you would also be able to very quickly delete what doesn't belong there, even if it's a year or two or three years ago version of junk. And if you're okay. doing that daily for 30 seconds, then pretty soon you have a lot cleaner library and you don't have to go back. Like you don't have to think of, I've got to go through the whole month's worth or the whole year's worth of right. junk photos. If you're just doing it, you know, this on this day in history and clean it up, it would take 30 seconds. So, yeah. And I guess if I'm aggressive about clearing out, um, I on my phone, once the photo is in Google Drive, I don't have to worry about it being on my phone anymore. So I can be more um, not selective. Like I can just delete at will. You can delete it. You can delete at will. <laughs> and when you delete from Google Photos, it will take that copy that copy off your phone. When you delete from your oh. phone. Mm-hmm, so it's a way of cleaning up your phone as well. So when you oh. delete from your phone, it's not going to delete it from the cloud. That is not, that is kind of a futile effort. It, other than it, it will release more storage on your phone. But uh, these days that doesn't seem to be as big a problem. But when you delete from Google Photos, it will remove the copy from your phone or it will prompt you. It might ask you. Man, um, I have been doing this backward this whole time <laughs> wondering why I have all these weird screenshots. Yeah, by those little changes. And I think honestly, one of the biggest things is training your brain to think to open Google Photos first instead of open the Photos app that comes on your phone. Yes. Um, and that could be um, a matter of like where you place that app or where you, you know, where, how you organize it and, and keeping it top of mind to open that first and do your deleting there. Well, I don't want to take us too far off topic either, but I think that because we're talking about Google photos specifically, yeah. I know we're going to talk about drive and things later in a, in a future episode, but let's talk about app placement because I, I have a problem. I have to confess. I know. I know your problem, but it, you explain. Know my, yes. <laughs> okay. I have a real problem specifically with Google apps. I don't see them on my phone. I don't know how to describe what I mean, but I don't see them. 
But when I'm scanning through my phone and I'm looking at the icons, literally all of the Google ones just disappear from view for me. Like it's like they're not even there. So I feel like every time I go on, you know, I'd rather use Google Calendar always on my phone. Uh But half the time I just always see the one that came on my Apple phone. I almost wonder if there's something about the design that's intentional on iPhone or something that makes my eye go right to the simplest one. Maybe. Um, And Google's icons are kind of similar to each other, but not that similar. Uh So it's just... I'm kind of thinking maybe I, I, the way I have had all my icons grouped is I've grouped them by like frequency of use, but I think I'm actually doing myself a disservice. I think I should just group all the Google ones together on one screen uh-huh. and see how that works and then train and have that be the first screen. Yeah. And hide and the train ones myself. that you're trying to, you know, avoid not yes. use. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know sometime we did an app organization because my home screen is so, um, what's the word? It's obnoxious. It's really beautifully organized. Um, and I've posted it before in our Facebook group. So and, and you've and also so- got folders and I don't know that yeah. I want folders. I think yeah, I want to be able to see stuff. So yeah. it's a little different. Yeah, but, no, it's yeah. very different. Um, but we can link that up. I forget when, when we've talked about it before. I know we've been singing the praises of Google photos, but this is true across the board. Once you're familiar with your system and whatever backup system you choose, the tech is getting so much smarter that I, 10 years ago, I spent a ton of time thinking about curated albums and like putting, you know, this month's photos together in like February, 2009. And I used to, it was when I had one baby and I'd send out a link to that album to the family and friends. I don't do albums and curation very much anymore. Um, every once in a while for a vacation or something, I will, but because the, the search and the, the ability to call any kind of photo or video up by typing something in the search bar or by searching by location, for example, or by you know, you knew it was like September mm. of last year because it was the date the kids started school or something. It's it's getting so much better that finding photos is not a problem. And and both Google and Apple and I'm sure the others do fun things. They'll give you a like your 2019 recap. Here's all the best of last year. And they'll make a little slideshow for you or some little collage or they'll turn a piece of a video into one of those cute little like um, animation GIF type things. So that's all happening within the app without you having to do anything. So I guess it's just a vote for pick one, stick with it, learn to use it. And we all benefit from um, the improvement in these technologies that make you, you actually don't have to be as organized, I think, as you used to have to be because it's all right. there. Yeah, I agree. And I, I've kind of, I, even before the cloud existed, I sort of gamed the system to create my own version of the cloud in my email. And so I, like I used to email things to myself all the time. If I knew they were things I was going to want to hang on to or mm-hmm. keep in a place that wouldn't be affected by like the, back in the day where computers broke all the time. Yeah. Remember that? And then mm-hmm. you would like beat that hard drive that had all your photos or yeah. whatever, just be gone. And I just feel like that doesn't really happen so much anymore. But I kind of, I think I came up with the workaround so early that I trained myself on the workaround and then never really let myself take advantage of what's available now. Yeah. Like I'm still, I'm still stuck in my sort of like, um, rigged up, you know, 2005 version. Well, I think, I think that's actually a common experience with, with tech and digital, even with tech savvy people. Like it takes long enough to figure out, um, when we talk about email and inbox tomorrow, I feel like I'm ready for some kind of email or inbox, like moving ahead a decade because what's worked for a long time maybe doesn't work. So I think that's a pretty common experience. You're not, you're not alone there. I'm not alone. Okay. No, you're, you're definitely not alone. (laughs) Well, before we finish up, I want to talk about one of my favorite parts of being organized with digital photos is that it makes it so easy 
to do fun things with them. So we've talked on this show in the past about making photo books or I love to make like video compilations. Um, I'll take all the short video clips from a vacation or a period of time and string them together in one. There's free apps that you can do that easily with. A lot of this seems daunting, but really the daunting part is knowing where your photos and videos are and being able to find them and not having a bunch of junk. So once that piece is taken care of, and again, I know I'm repeating myself, but the number of services and cool ways to make these projects has come so far. It's very affordable. It's very tech friendly. They're very easy to make these photo books or collages or you know, to print a series for your wall or to print it on canvas. Like it's, there's so many cool things you can do with photos, including old photos. Um, we didn't get into this, but I have a bunch of slides from my mom's growing up years. So from the fifties and sixties that were scanned in. Um, and I, I synced them once with Google photos and I can by facial recognition search for my grandma, for example, and find like her entire photo life, like in an instant. And I could make a photo Mm. book of that. So There's just I I find so much value in getting that baseline taken care of because then the the meaning making starts, right? Like then you can do things with them. Yeah, I love that. And I was just thinking about the fact that I've been sitting on a chatbooks credit for a while and it's not chat. Chatbooks is easy to use, really easy to use. I'm the problem. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like because I sit down and I open up this beautiful app and it's so simple to move things in. And then I'm like, where was that picture again? And where was the other one? And this would be such a great time to do, especially for older people in your family, um, mm-hmm. to do some kind of a video, a, a photo project mm-hmm. or a video project. Or if you've got like um, one of those frames that like we talked yeah. about, um, our sponsor Skylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're if your parents or grandparents have one of those frames at their house, like this would be a fantastic time to load it up and be really meaningful to them or send them that canvas photo or send them that chat books um, book already made. Yeah. And it would be so much easier to do if I was on top of this. So I am. I am really dedicating myself. I'm on board. So I would say for a takeaway, if there's two first steps, one would be to choose your backup service and commit to it and spend 10 minutes learning how it works. Like just, you know, like read the FAQs or whatever. Um, And then number two would be having a system for deleting pictures you you won't ever need. And, And whether that's something you do daily or like a monthly cleanup or you just kind of devote two hours for it and have it be like one big giant. Um, If you do those two things, um, you'll just be in a in a happier place, I think. I love that. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing your wisdom with me. And now I just have to do something about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, everyone, for listening today and for joining us for this special series. We want to remind you to check out our sponsor, Privacy Guard. They offer three digital protection plans starting at just $9.99 per month. And you can try it for 14 days for just a dollar. Privacy Guard makes it really easy to get started. Just go to privacyguard.com slash today to learn more. Again, that's privacyguard.com slash today. And we will be back in your feed tomorrow to talk about email and inbox clutter. It's going to be fun, Megan. I promise. We'll get you all cleaned up. All right. We'll talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. 
Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com. 